Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm your host, Abby Banks, and this is episode 194. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Notebooking Pages. If you want 3,000 absolutely free notebooking pages and a notebooking quick start guide to simplify your homeschool and enable you to teach multiple ages together with any curriculum or any book, then I highly recommend you grab that amazing offer of 3,000 absolutely free notebooking pages. You can find this offer at 41more.com forward slash notebooking. Welcome back and happy new year, everyone. I'm so glad that you're joining me today on episode 194 of the homeschool with Moxie podcast. You can find this show notes as always by going to 41more.com forward slash 194. This, I hope you'll forgive me. This is a re-air of an episode we did back in July. I have a reason for this, but it's also on purpose. So if you are on my email list or maybe even listening along on my podcast, I think back in the fall, I shared that my mom was diagnosed with cancer in August. And like the whole fall, we were walking with her through that. And she did eventually pass away right before Christmas. It was a long four months. It was wonderful to be with her. It was wonderful to take care of her. My siblings and I all, you know, did our part and we made sure that she was at home and we were doing everything we could to help her and keep her comfortable. I'm so thankful for that time with her. Um, you know, but it just threw everything into craziness because I was gone half the week, most weeks all fall. And I just couldn't keep up with everything. I tried to get my podcast done early because I knew the month of December was going to be crazy. And I wasn't going to feel like getting behind a microphone and talking because there was just so much grief and, you know, walking through that emotion. So I hope you'll forgive me for not planning too well to get this episode out here on January 5th. So that's part of my excuse of why I don't have a new episode for you today. I'm still just trying to get back into the new year. As I know all of you are, it's hard after the holidays to get back into homeschooling, get it, get organized, declutter, all those, all those normal things. So that brings me to why I'm re-airing this. Number one, because I didn't plan enough ahead to have an episode ready for today. And number two, because I think this is the perfect topic. And if this is from way back in July, odds are you guys either missed it because you weren't listening to all the podcasts back then, or if you did listen to it back in July, it's the perfect time to resurrect that episode. Which episode am I talking about? I'm talking about episode 170, where we talked with Kara Harvey from Purpose Driven Mom. And we talked specifically 
about time management strategies for busy moms. And before you roll your eyes really far back, when I say time management, it's January, we're talking about all these things and you go, okay, time management strategies don't work for me. I'm a busy homeschool mom. I've tried everything. Nothing works. Well, we talked about realistic time management strategies, things that will work because they're not pie in the sky. They're actually something that can work for busy moms, busy homeschool moms. And so when I originally had this conversation with Kara back in July, there was so much good information and not just information, actionable strategies. And you know that that's what I love the most is when you can take action and put something into practice right away and make a change in your life. So there was so much depth and detail and strategy that she mentioned in our conversation that I went ahead and turned our conversation into a downloadable PDF that includes all the key points and room for notes. So if you are the type of person that would like to download that and, you know, print it out and keep notes as you listen to the episode, you can grab that for free at 41more.com forward slash 194. So before I re-air that interview, I just want to tell you some of my biggest takeaways since that conversation in July, what I've been doing differently with my time management. So I've always used Trello for homeschool to-do lists for the kids because it was a great way. And I've, I've talked a lot about this on my blog and probably on some podcasts about how we use Trello and I set up the kids homeschool plan each year and they just check things off on a daily basis basis. It takes me five minutes a week to reset it for the next week. I don't mess with teacher planning books. It's just so effective and efficient. But for some reason, I wasn't using Trello for my personal mom to-do list or even my to-do list for my businesses or whatever I have going on. And it didn't quite make sense. But when Kara was talking about using Trello and how she plans her family's week and plans the month and plans and uses Trello for this, I was like, hmm, that's really weird that I didn't think about that. So I started using Trello for my own to-do list instead of a paper planner. And it keeps me from having to cross stuff off when I don't get it done. You know how you feel terrible when you have this huge list that you don't get in, you know, you, you do two things on a list of 10 things. Well, it keeps you from feeling defeated all the time time. Cause you just, it's just Trello is so easy to just move things around. It's very efficient. It's very effective. And the other thing I love that she said, which I think I was already doing, but just having the clarity of what I'm doing, she advocates for using themed time blocks. So this is, you know, not multitasking and doing 50 things all at once that are unrelated, but it's really blocking your time. So when I have to spend a couple hours in the kitchen, which to be really transparent with you is not my favorite thing to do. I don't enjoy cooking and stuff, but when I have to do that, I'm I'm like not feeling bad that I'm not doing something else. I'm not feeling bad that I'm not cleaning. I'm not feeling bad that I'm not homeschooling. I'm not feeling bad that I'm not working on my business. No, I know that this is my kitchen block of time. And the same thing goes for homeschooling. I know that the mornings are dedicated to getting, you know, the chunk of homeschool done. And then the older kids can keep working into the afternoon you know, my fourth grader's done by lunchtime and then I can move on to what I need to do. You know, the same thing with my business. I can think of time as chunks and that's what Trello is really great for helping you visualize. And then one last thing I wanted to mention is, uh, Kara had this really great quote that I pulled out of our interview. She says, we should measure success by the progress and not perfection, right? As long as we're moving toward our goals, even if it's little tiny steps, 
that's success. It's not that we have things perfect, that everything's decluttered, that homeschooling is perfect. You know, we normally, if we're thinking about homeschooling, right, this is how we view it. As long as our kids are making progress, they don't have to be perfect, but we want them to be making progress. But I thought it was kind of interesting that we don't normally apply that well to ourselves as moms. We, we go, okay, I'm a failure because it's not perfect. Instead of saying, did I move a little bit toward my goal? Did I live a move a little bit toward my weight loss goal or my organization goal or, you know, my, whatever the goal is that I'm taking care of my family better and making healthier meals for them, whatever your goal is right now, did you move a little bit closer to that today? Right. And so This is a really motivational um, conversation for the start of the new year. So I hope you'll forgive me for not having a brand new fresh episode, but I think this one has so much good stuff in it that it's worth listening to again or listening to for the first time if you missed it back in July. So it's a long intro here for my conversation with Kara Harvey. And once again, she's from Purpose Driven Mom. If you want to find her links and stuff, you can go to the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 194. Okay, enjoy the conversation. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the show, Kara. Thanks for having me. It is wonderful to have you here. And let's just start out by go ahead and introduce yourself and your family to my audience. Sure. So I am a mom of three. My kids are four, six, and 15. And I am a former burnt out school teacher uh, turned productivity coach for moms uh, because I was grinding myself into the ground for a really, really long time. And I loved teaching. uh, But around year eight, I thought, I can't do this anymore. I'm not sleeping. My anxiety was really high. I wasn't spending time with my family. And I thought there's got to be something else out there. And I hate the word hustle, but it is definitely what I did that eighth year of teaching to be able to leave. So I got started in network marketing and I did that for three years until I realized I was on a groundhog's day because I was doing the same thing. Uh, Inbox zero. Couldn't go to bed unless my messages were answered type of thing. I was carrying my computer around my house. I wasn't being present with my family. And I thought, there's got to be something else. And along the way, that's kind of how my SOAR framework and everything happened because what I found was everything out there for moms was get up at 5 a.m., hustle, do more or you're failing. You need to, you know, your why has got to be bigger than your excuses, all this shame-based trash, honestly. And I thought we've got to mix it up. And so over the past five years, I've been able to help moms ditch the perfectionism, ditch the hustle and realize that they can actually accomplish more by planning to do less and not putting themselves on the back burner. So that's what I get to do now. That sounds amazing, planning to do less, because yeah, I mean, and my audience of homeschool moms, we've got a lot on our plates. So talk to us about like, why are women, especially moms, especially homeschool moms, overwhelmed? What are the main culprits, do you think? I think one of those is this statement of just prioritize it. A lot of the times, you know, people come to me and they're like, I just don't know what to do because we have a lot that we're doing. And if I was to ask 
one of your moms, like a homeschool mom, be like, what's your top priority? I'm sure kids are going to be up there top one, number one or two, right? But what do we do? We say, well, this and what my kids need is the most important. So I'm going to just put the rest on the back burner and I'll work on it tomorrow. And, you know, there's this concept of the big three, right? Like pick your three for the day. And I actually think that's a disservice to us because again, my top three priorities, you know, are probably going to be, you know, my husband and my kids, things like that. Where do I fall all the way at the bottom? And if I'm constantly just always working on my top three priorities, I will never get to the things that matter to me that are important to me and that fill me up. And that leads us on this path of resentment, feeling like we've got to hustle until we burn out, putting ourselves last all the time, and then actually not enjoying the moments, right? Not enjoying the times where you're getting to homeschool, the times where you're getting to have fun with your kids, because our to-do list is just always running in the back of our brains. And so I teach this counterintuitive approach of actually kind of using what I call micro priorities and these micro blocks, instead of saying, what's your big priority? It's what is my focused priority for this time of my day? And that's where we know to focus on instead of this huge overarching, we'll just do it all because that's what's expected of us. And I want to get into the nitty gritty here because this is really interesting, but I have another question because you know how, what it's like to be a busy mom. And I mean, you're busy all day. You're not sitting, you're not relaxing. You like, you're busy the entire day, but at the end of the day, you're like, I got nothing done. Is that because of this trying to prioritize the main, like, why do you think that happens? Why do we feel that way? I think that we feel that way because we are given this unrealistic set of expectations for what success looks like. I think a lot of times we think success at the end of the day is that I didn't yell at my kids. We got all of our schooling done. All of my my house is perfect. It looked, you know, I got everything checked off my list. But what we're doing, and listen, hand up, this is not a place of shame or blame here. Like I do the same recovering perfectionist here too, is we see every line of our planner and we think we have to fill it up. And super, you know, if you take nothing else out today, you don't have to do that. Just because the line is there does not mean you need to put something there. And I think what leaves us feeling unfulfilled, unsatisfied, and ending the end of the day, throwing our hands up in the air and saying we failed is that we're looking at the wrong thing as the measure of success. Completion of the big task is not always the measure of success. I think progress is a better indicator. I think picking micro tasks and instead of saying, you know, like I'm going to declutter my whole kitchen, you pick that one 15 minute thing. My whole framework is around 15 minutes, right? That one thing. And you say, have I moved closer towards my goal of that, whatever that big one is today? And if I've taken that step in any way, I don't care if you were like, I'm going to take 15 minutes to organize my spice cabinet today. And I didn't even have time to that, but I pulled everything out cool. I'm proud of you. And you should be proud of yourself because you refuse to stand and say, I can't do this because I'm a failure. I'm going to allow success be measured in the progress and not the perfection. I agree. I think we, the goals are usually these huge things that really have lots of steps to them, but we don't think about that. We just think of the big final product. And that is what makes us frustrated because every day I'm not getting this huge goal done. So that makes a lot of sense. So for the mom who is maybe not so familiar, what do you mean? What is time blocking? What, what, how would you define it? What does it look like? Can you give us a little rundown? Yeah, let's do like a time blocking crash course. Um, and for me, when I was teaching, um, I taught special education and I was in charge of our ninth grade. I mean, I had to be everywhere. I was in the IEP meetings, out of them, pushing, pull up, support, like all of it. So my schedule had to be literally 
15 to 30 minutes. That worked for me. Then I became a mom and I learned my kids do not care about my schedule. Like, how dare they, right? But like, they do not give a rip about what I want to do and what time they need to tie their shoes so we can go to the park, right? None of that matters to them. And I found myself getting locked in hourly scheduling because that's how we're conditioned. And when I found time blocking, it was this light bulb for me. So I want to encourage you, if you're listening and you're like, oh, schedules, like if you're one of those people who like, you don't even want to hear it, lean back in because time blocking gives you flexibility. And if you're somebody who needs a schedule, lean back in because time blocking is going to give you urgency. And the basic concept is assigning your day into, I think three to four hours is the sweet spot, but anywhere between two and five hour chunks so that you can be focused on what you're doing and give them a purpose. So when you're creating your time blocks, look at your schedule. And I always notice this mistake. So I'm going to point it out before we start. People think every day needs to look the same. And especially if you're homeschooling, I'm sure you have different schedules. You might have days where you're going to co-op. You might have days where you're doing a trip or you're doing different subjects, whatever it looks like. You might not have days where you're you know, doing school at all at home. So every day can look different. You can do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when my partner's home, if they're traveling, Saturday, Sunday. So permission granted, not that you need it, but sometimes we have to hear it. Customize this however you want. But look at a typical day for you and ask yourself, are there natural anchors in my day that I can create these blocks around? I work with a lot of moms who are like empty nesters and grandmas, and um, they're like, I don't have any anchors in our day. For me, because my kids are in traditional schooling, my anchors tend to be around dropping them and picking them up. But if you are like, we don't have any anchors, anchor around meals, anchor around breakfast, lunch, snack, and dinner, because those are things that are naturally happening. So for example, my ideal blocks don't always happen this way. I say ideal because, you know, it's like where we want to go, right? My first block is five when I'd like to get up, but I'm not going to lie to you. I get up at like six. It's fine. But from like five to nine and nine is when I take my kids to school or camp now that we're in the summer. That's my first block. Those are natural breaks. My second block goes from about nine to 12. Now my kids are out. So what's my natural break there? That's when I break for lunch and I take a lunch break. I move to another block from 12 to three when I pick them up. And then I have a chunkier block from like three to eight when they go to bed. And then I have a smaller block at the end of the night. So Look at your planner, whatever you use, piece of paper, and ask yourself, do I have these natural blocks there? Now, most people kind of get this concept of time blocking. This is like the very basics that you see. You can print anything out on Pinterest. But what I really encourage people to do is take it a step further and theme them out. One of the things I hear a lot from the moms that I work with are, I don't have the time or I don't know where to put this. And theming out our blocks is this light bulb of saying, I'm not just working on like the theme during this block, but I know where things go now. So looking at your blocks, what could your themes be? So my morning block, that's my self-care block from five to nine. Now, do I ignore my kids, tell them to fend for themselves and do nothing else but my self-care? No, but it tells me this is where my micro tasks go. And we'll get into that into the next step. So maybe you have a self-care block. If you're planning out for the year for homeschool, again, this is where we're doing this type of work. This is where we're doing this subject. This is where our co-op time goes. What's the theme for it? I have a theme that's like family block. We have a uh, chores block where we run errands and do stuff around the house. Um, I have a personal goals block. And when you theme that way and you look at the, and this is why I do encourage like kind of looking at each day differently, you can really look at your week and say, oh, if I was to make a goal to declutter the kitchen, we're going to go back to that one because that's one of my summer goals, right? I would say, I don't know where to do it. That's where our brain automatically goes. But now that I've got these themes, it's like, oh, well, that could go under my chores block or that could go under my personal goals block. It now has a place to land. And I think when you're theming your blocks like this, 
And I wish someone had taught me this earlier. Like I can't imagine in college, like how helpful this would be. Like we do not teach our kids these things, but like teach them how to make this schedule. Now I know where they go. So you go through and you kind of theme out your blocks. And then our next step is the micro priorities. But I'll pause in case there's anything you want me to dive deeper in there. Because I know I'm like, uh, what is the phrase? Uh, like a fire hose. I know a lot of times and I talk very fast. So um, is there anything you want me to dive back into with that? Well, I was going to ask, so, you know, normal time blocking, if like you print out something online, it does have like all the 15 minute increments, but doesn't sound like you're getting that detailed. You're a little more general, which actually takes the pressure off because who wants to micromanage every 15 minutes of their day? Like that's ridiculous. It's it's miserable. And here's the cool thing about time blocking. So I mentioned that flexibility and that urgency, Here's what it gives you. This is what we typically do. I'm going to declutter my kitchen, right? By the end of the day, we say, we've got plenty of time. I'll get it done. Our brain says I have till the end of the day, but what happens? Life, right? Life pops up. A kid needs us. We have to pause. So instead what we're doing here with our time block is we're saying, I'm going to declutter that spice cabinet by the end of this block. So there's your urgency. I'm not waiting to the end of the day. I'm saying, this is what I I want to accomplish by the end of the block. So I've got urgency, but here's the flexibility piece. A lot of times with schedules, we think, let's think of a morning routine. We say, we want to like get up. I do like my prayer. I do my, I go for a walk. And then I like journal. Say those are my three tasks in my morning routine. But say I'm up in the morning and I just don't feel like getting started on the prayer because that's the first thing I said. I will procrastinate my entire block or won't do any of it because I'm stuck. The urge of the flexibility piece here is saying, these are the three micro tasks I want to get done in this block. I don't care what order they get done in. I don't care if they get done first or last, but now I have flexibility for how I feel. We don't do this. We think one size fits all here it is. And I use this example with my kids. So this is how I teach my kids routines. We did a morning routine with them. I said, these are the four tasks we're going to do. And we used my routine stacking method for it. So I was like, I need you to brush your teeth, get dressed, put away your plates and like pick up your toys before we go to school. This is our typical routine. And the beginning, it was a struggle. I wanted them to do it my way. That's how we want, right? Like we want everything in a certain order. But what happened for me was one, I backed up and we didn't do all four things at once. So in routine stacking, you like kind of start with one thing and then you add something based on an increment you decide. So we started with one thing, but once we got the whole routine down, I was still stuck on, you must do it in this order. But here's the thing. We talked about looking at what the real goal is. My real goal is they get it done. Would I prefer that my kids brush their teeth like after they ate breakfast and before they got dressed so they don't get toothpaste everywhere? Yes, I really would like that. But do I, is that really the goal? No. So if my kid goes to school with toothpaste, I do not care because he did the thing I wanted him to do. And it gave my kids um, independence and flexibility to say, what do you feel like doing first? So here's your chart. Here's your four things. Just get them done however you feel like, but they've got to be done by then. And it's this amazing way to teach our kids and retrain ourselves to say, I can trust my intuition. I can trust my my mood. I can trust my feeling. If a phone call that's supposed to take 15 minutes takes 40, I get thrown off. I don't have to always go in this. I'm not a robot. And I can say, this is what I want to get done. It's got to get done by the end of the block. And if you've microed them enough, it's not overwhelming because they're literally three, 45 minutes of a task in a three minute, three hour block, like it's doable and I'm getting things done. And I think that's where this like shift in mindset around time blocking is. It's like by the end of the block, I can choose the order based on how I feel, how my day is going, what my needs are, my family's needs. 
And it's this freedom of making a schedule that allows you to have intentionality and grace at the same time. I think there's two really great practical applications of this for homeschool parents. So one, for our kids who are homeschooling to do that same idea saying, okay, our school block is nine to 12. You have all these tasks you need to get done. You can do them in any order you want, but they have to be done by 12. Like that gives them that, like you said, flexibility, but urgency. We don't have all day. I don't want you to be doing math at supper time, right? Like, so get it done, but you can kind of change your order. But I also think that this really would help homeschool moms because we feel guilty if we're like, okay, I'm helping you with school from nine to 12. And then from 12 to three, I'm going to work on my own stuff. And sometimes as moms, we feel guilty, like, wait a second, don't I have to be present all day long for the kids? And we don't actually. And so it kind of gives permission, I think, to say, okay, school block is nine to 12, 12 to three is hobbies, work, you know, whatever kids go play. Like it gives us, I think it would lessen a lot of guilt that some homeschool moms I think have because you know, am I allowed to say I'm not (laughs) working with the kids for the afternoon? And yes, you are. And I think you're, I think this method would set us up for a lot of success there. Yeah. And the guilt comes with feeling like we must serve all the time and put us last. And I think what really helps, because this is another one of those big questions I've heard for thousands of moms, like the mom guilt, right? Like I feel like guilty working on my thing. And I was telling one of the moms I work with, she was like, I want to read for pleasure. I feel guilty taking any time to do this for me. And I, I encourage a 15 minute framework. And I said, can you start small? Can you pick one day a week for 15 minutes inside of your, um, you know, whatever block you choose and do that? It's 15 minutes. And here's like the magic I find is like 15 minutes will go by fast. Like give me a TikTok. I'll be done 15 minutes. I'm on Instagram. I'm scrolling, whatever. I'm staring into space for 15 minutes. Like, but if you're intentional about 15 minutes and you put on a timer and you're like, let's get it done. You can get your house picked up real quick. It can, a lot can happen in 15 minutes. And I also encourage moms to do time inventories. So as everyone's like planning for the new year with um, schooling, do some inventories. How long do those home tasks take? Because here's what I found. Um, I don't like to load the dishes. It's one of my like least favorite home things. It's annoying. I have to keep doing it all the time. But in my time inventory, I learned it takes me about six minutes to unload my dishwasher and 20 to complain about it. And I think that aha is like, wait, it's just six minutes. And when we look at 15 minutes, we can look at it like it's just 16 minutes. I can get it, do an unfavorable task or get something done. But then we can also say it's 15 minutes. I can get a lot done. And when we start to look at our time in that type of way, and um, we'll dive in, I think, in a sec to those like nitty gritty, the micros. And you're saying, yeah, this is my self-care block. But like I said, yeah, it's when I get my workout done. Yeah, it's when I do my reading. And my kids are doing things. That's also part of the time blocking. You identify what you're doing and what your kids are doing during that block. I think a lot of times we don't do that. Be like, this is my block to make dinner. If you don't find what your kids are doing, Hey, I'm going to be kicking somebody on my foot. Like things are not going to get done. And so it's this really great place of saying, I'm not saying for four hours, I'm just on me and that's it. Again, the themes are there not to say it's the only, it's to say, this is where I'm going to focus on that. And then whatever happens for the rest of the four hours is what happens. But I took that time for this one piece of this goal that mattered to me, that moved me closer to my big goal. So it sounds like it also takes the pressure off. If I think today, oh, I need to get this task done, but it can wait till Tuesday in that bucket. I don't have to think about it 
right? Yeah. I can kind yes. of go, now how do you keep track and write down and know? Like, do you have a chart? Is it in your planner? And how do you keep track of, oh, I'm putting it in this bucket and I want to declutter my kitchen on this day? Like, how do you keep track of that? Sure. So the system I use, I am a hybrid planner type of a person. I went to a conference once and they were like, pick paper or electronics. Like you can't be both. It's confusing. And I said, no, zero <laughs> percent. No. Um, I love my paper planner, but I use Trello to map out my personal goals. And Trello is an absolutely free tool website. It's actually was for businesses to manage like it's a project management software. And what we've done is um, we take it and we use it for moms because you can map out everything. If you have not mapped out homeschool on Trello, go look at it. I swear it's going to be a game changer because you can keep attachments. You can keep notes. I'm my daughter's Girl Scout leader. I've got the whole thing mapped out there, but I do this for my goals. So what I do is on one of my boards and Trello is very visual. So I'm going to do my best to explain um, the visual of it, but I make these things called lists and I kind of break down the goals that I want to work on for the month, for example. Inside that, you can make the card with checklists. And this is where um, I think a lot of people don't want to do the work because it takes a little bit of work to break the goals down. But if you spend the time breaking your goals down, when it's time to do the thing, you're not going to stare into space and be like, what do I do? I'm so tired. I don't know where to get started. So I'm just going to binge my Netflix or whatever I'm doing. You're like, cool, here's my one actionable 15 minute task. So if I'm looking at this decluttering example, before the month starts, like the week before, I'm going to make this card on Trello and I'm going to write down uh, the batches that I want to declutter. So maybe I decide that I want to declutter like two rooms because that means I can work on like, you know, one room for two weeks in the month of July. I go through and then I'm going to brain dump all the things I can do in 15 minutes. So it's not declutter the kitchen. It's declutter the spices, declutter pantry, draw one, pantry, two, pantry, three, freezer, fridge, and ask yourself, can I do this in 15 minutes? If you think a task will take more, you can assign it um, by, you know, space, or you can say like spices time one, spices time two, whatever you want. And what this does is it offloads our brain of looking at the big picture, but instead says, this is doable for me. Because I think a lot of times we have lost confidence in ourselves that we can achieve things. We've failed so many times. How many times have I written declutter on my vision board and not done it, right? And so our brain says, you don't do that. You're not somebody who shows up for your goals. This isn't you. And we get this limiting belief. We get this story in our heads. And what's really cool about like the way we can actually retrain our brains um, is that once we start to show up for ourselves, our brain starts to rewrite our story and you become a person who shows up every day, even if it's just for five minutes or 15 on your goals. And I think that's really key. So you go through, you break the whole goal down. Um, I teach four different types of goals in the breakdown. The decluttering is what I call a project-based goal. So that's the one we'll focus on right now. But I break it all down into this checklist. Then what I do is I turn it into a numerical goal. Um, and those are ones that you can divide by math. So let's, for easy math sake, say, that I'm going to work on this goal five days a week because I don't ever recommend doing anything seven days a week. I don't, I get it. 21 days habit. I'm not perfect. That is not me. Right. And I'm going to be tired one night after sports practice and not want to load my dishes. And I want buffer. So I always recommend three to five days to give yourself buffer again for life to happen. And you just math it out. So then what did I say? Let's pretend there's 10 sections of my kitchen and I'm going to give myself two weeks for it. So that's 10 divided by 10, right? Five days a week. So that tells me one, I need to do one thing. Now, maybe you have 20 sections and 10 days. That's two days. So it's just making it math. We're taking the emotion out and saying, I know that five days a week, I need to do two of these sections. And so I need to find time for it. So once I've got that broken out, 
What I do when I plan weekly is I pull out my actual planner and I don't just write on my planner, declutter kitchen. I write spice draw one, spice draw two. I write the very specific inside where it's going to go. And then um, I track it inside the Trello. So I can, it has like a little, a cute little bar and it'll tell you like how you did. So I like to check it off and and see my progress. And that's kind of how I plan it out. Um, I will make lists. And I will, you know, separate what's happening in what week. So I can like, it's very good for like kinesthetic learners because you're like moving stuff around. And you know what I like the best is I hate like making my planner like super ugly with lots of crossouts. And so this way I can just move things and then I don't have to find the white out. Um, and also it's very demoralizing to do that. So instead of just like moving something nicely, I don't know. I just think it works for, for all different types of learners. Um, and it's great for, for your kids. If you want to like, depending on the age of your kids, teach them some stuff in Trello. Like we're doing college planning for my 15 year old now, and he's got a Trello board for it. Like it's, it's smart. So that's kind of the overview of it. I spend the time first and I plan three days a week, the third week of the month, 15 minute chunks to plan the next month. I do it to give myself buffer. I then plan the month out that way with my goals. So now when it's time to plan, I plan the week. And then when the day happens, it happens. And one of the things that's key is if you've pre-identified your uh, themes and your blocks, you now know where to put it. It goes into my chores block or whatever it is. And I also encourage taking that concept of the big three and using the micro three. So instead of saying, what are your big three priorities for the day? Ask yourself, what are my three priorities that align with my theme for this block? And you have to make them micro or you're just going to overwhelm yourself. So maybe my chores block or whatever that's gonna, one's going to be called is declutter, spice cabinet, um, sweep the floor and like put the laundry away. And that's it. Now, I still have a four hour block to do whatever else we're going to do, but I've got my focus. And instead of always saying my kids are my top priority and that's all we ever work on. Now, each block, you're so intentional. You're like, cool, this is my focus right now. Let's keep on going. And because you've not overplanned, You've got buffer in the rest of your day um, to finish the stuff that doesn't get done inevitably, right? To move things around, to sit down and relax, to like have a hot cup of coffee instead of that one you've heated up like five times, right? You actually have more space. And what I find is people say, well, isn't this going to take a long time? Maybe, but how has it been going so far? Trying to do it all, dive in with both feet. We call it the Monday mentality, right? Like you start a diet and you're like, I'm going to do it all and go to the gym for two hours a day and like never look at a carb or whatever. And then by Tuesday, you're like, nah, I'm not doing this. I'll do it again Monday. How many Mondays have you said that to yourself? With this, you're making this small, tiny micro progress that by the end of the week, you're like, my kitchen's not decluttered, but I did four out of my seven tasks. Like, wow. Hey, thanks for showing up. I talk to myself a lot. I'm like, Kara, thanks for showing up. Way to go. Way to go. Like you did that thing and you start to move and you start to progress and you start to do more because you're not quitting because it was too overwhelming. So how much time does it take for upkeeping this whole um, schedule on Trello? Like how much time do you think you spend on that? Great question. So planning up a month probably takes me about 30 minutes to 45. I, I do it in three 15 minute chunks. Like I start with I batch like everything in my life. So I batch this too. So I start with, I brain dump out the goals that I want in my first 15 minute block. Then, then, then I kind of like give it some space. I come back to it in another fit. And again, I put on a timer. I'm like, beat the timer. Our brain loves that. Then the next 15 minute chunk, I start to break the goals down. And then that final one is like where I clean it all up and then assign it to the weeks. So then by the end, it's like done and I've got buffer for it. So I would say it takes me 30 to 45 minutes once a month. But then on Sundays, um, I can get planned in 15 minutes. And then I'm planned for the week. And then it takes me about five minutes every night to just look at it. So once you do that work, it really is 
uh, a time saver because you're not sitting there going, I should work on my goals today. What should I do? I don't know. And then you forget what's important to you. And then, you know, we're ringing in the new year with the same goals on the vision board. Now, do you have a template you start with on Trello? I mean, you're not creating this from scratch every time. No. Yeah. So I have, um, I have a weekly checklist, so I'll make sure I get you that link and we can Mm -hmm. get it to everybody listening. And it's a weekly planning. It's a, it's a PDF for those of us. I want to say this to you. Don't let Trello hold you back. So there's like a planning uh, PDF for the week. And then there's a Trello board with a video that teaches you how to walk through it. That is absolutely free. We can give to your listeners. Um, And it's a really good start for planning out the week because it allows you to not start from scratch. That's one of the cool things about Trello is the template feature. So like we have a board for vacation. We're going away this weekend. And I just copied the same vacation board from last year. I have a board for Christmas that I made last year. I'm going to use, excuse me, the template. And then I'm going to adjust it. My son's birthday's coming up. I've got a birthday board, like, and not recreating the wheel. Um, you know, I did originally, and then I tweak it and then you make it adjust. And there's so many cool things you can do with it. And, um, it's free. A lot of people will say, do you use the paid version? I do not. And I don't use the paid version because I never want to teach something on the paid version that my people can't do. So I, I try really hard with my, like the softwares that I use that I teach on to keep it free because I'd rather, um, make it simple for them too. Yeah. Now is your brain dump on paper or is that on Trello? I depends. So depending on how frazzled I am in the month, if I'm super frazzled and I just need to get it out, I teach a quadrant brain dump system where you, uh, it's kind of like an Eisenhower matrix. If you're familiar with that, I do that like all the time on paper. Um, when I'm doing my goals, if I'm in like a really good state, (laughs) I start on Trello because it's easier. So I think it's really uh, customizable for what you need in the moment. This is amazing. You have you have shared so many actionable tips. And I do um, teach my moms also to use Trello for homeschool planning. But personally, I have not like used it for my planning on everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of limited to homeschooling, but this is amazing because I am the same way. Like I love my paper, but I'm on Trello for homeschool. So I love the idea of using it, actually expanding it to use it for day to day. So this has given me a lot of inspiration. So as we wrap up, I know we're going to send everyone, we'll put links in the show notes to, to your resources. And I know you have awesome videos too that, cause you're right. Trello is so visual. It's hard to necessarily understand understand how to do it unless you see it in action, but give us just some final encouragement for the mom who's listening, who feels a little bit frazzled, but she does want to be more organized and less overwhelmed. Just give us a final, final word or two here. Yeah, sure. Listen, whatever your past history has been with your day to day, that is not who you are if you don't want to be. So if you identify and you're like, I'm a hot mess and I'll never get there. I want you to know that it is possible to go from feeling overwhelmed to become action taking but do not feel like you have to do it all. I want you to take one thing that I said, do not take it all. Go back. Listen. I said, I talk fast, take the notes, maybe prioritize them, pick one and do one task this week and start to show up that way. And, um, and you can do it and listen on the days that you can't do it. Like that's also fine. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Get permission to take a day off if we need to. That's awesome. Kara, where can people find you online? Sure. So my podcast is called The Purpose Driven Mom Show. I'm on Instagram at A Purpose Driven Mom. So if you have questions, just DM me because I can like take some Trello videos and, and help you back and forth. Um, and if you want, I do have a free Trello class. I just thought about it. It's at a purposedrivenmom.com slash Trello. Um, and it's like a really in-depth class on how to use it. It took me three tries to like Trello. So I just want to tell people that too. Like it's not one and done. Um, and you can grab my book, The 15 Minute Formula on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. 
cool. Thank you so much. It was great talking with you today. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to download the Realistic Time Management Strategies for Busy Moms uh, PDF. You can grab that in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 194. I'll see you next week with some brand new fresh content for the new year. And in the meantime, happy homeschooling.